What up, what up, what up, San Antonio, El Paso, Austin, Del Rio, people up in Tyler, people up in Waco, people up in the Shot City, and people down the whole 305 South Florida region. You're tuned in here to the Tuesday edition of the Sports Grind, Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark producing and spinning the one and twos for you today. We are broadcasting here from the Hazel Sky Online Studios, and today's show is going to be presented by Dos Equis. Get a dose. All right. All right here. Another Tuesday edition I hear with you. How you doing, Mr. Clark? You ready? Yes, sir. Ready to rock and roll. All right. So it's official. Okay. Yesterday, we we just had to see how it goes, but it is official. I want to welcome uh, our new affiliate here to the Sports Grind Nation, uh, Fox Sports El Paso 1380. All right. Welcome. Welcome. you know, I will say give the show some time. It's different. I'm different. Talk about a lot of stuff here. Um, if you didn't tune in yesterday, even if you're regular listeners, but if you didn't tune in yesterday, I made an announcement and I made a video last week telling you about our changes, and our new affiliates coming in 2023. But I did make an announcement yesterday in regards to the phone situation for the new listeners here in El Paso. Let you know this is a um, show that is is pretty much, you know, it's call driven. I mean, I don't. And it's not that I die if we don't get calls, but it is, you know, for most hosts or most people that are in this business, especially regional and national hosts, hardly ever take phone calls, but that's not me. However, you know, since we went through in the last six months to a year in construction of uh, our new studio over here, uh, the phone lines were pretty much the last thing that was on the docket to go ahead and implement. And the phone companies are telling us it's probably going to be about seven to 14 days. Okay. Uh, about a couple of weeks. So again, the best way to communicate with us for you people that like to sound off and disagree with me is always you can stream the show by going to Facebook Live, the business page of Sports Grind Entertainment, or you can go to my personal page and you can stream the show live and we'll read comments in real time. If not, I'll go ahead and respond to those later. All right. And also, if you need to reach out to me, you can follow me on Twitter at sports grind okay again that is at sports grind you can send me a message you can do it that way and also keep in mind if you ever listen to if you ever miss any of the shows live you can always go to sportsgrindonline.com where you can download the daily podcast seven days a week so everything's business as usual for the exceptions of the phones um, you know, but like I said, those are other ways that you communicate with us. But again, we want to welcome Fox Sports El Paso 1380. And I've and shout out to uh, marketing president Walter Alvarez, who I've had talks with over, I would say, the last six to eight months in regards to making this happen. Um, very, you know, um, very easy guy to work with, um, you know, very excited for the partnership. Um, so shout out to Walter. I mean, let me know too. I almost forgot because this, you know, this we're in El Paso, but their station, Fox Sports El Paso 1380, is part of La Cruz, New Mexico. So we reach all the way in there. Okay. Uh, let me know. That I was like, wow. All right. And then El Paso, and we really delayed it because I feel like, you know, didn't want to say anything yesterday. Didn't I know, I know Biden was supposed to be in El Paso yesterday last night, checking on the border. This whole thing, this. I don't want to upstate. You know him in El Paso, you know. So I said, "Well, we'll wait." You know, Uncle Joey's coming down to visit. But anyway, so welcome. You know, we'll be adding on some other markets hopefully sometime here soon. 
Got a couple coming down the pipeline, and we'll let you know how those go out as we go. But we got a lot to get to today. Uh, you know, this is on our second day back since the holidays, so wasn't able to catch up with everything yesterday. But we definitely have things popping off in real time that we got to touch on. Of course, um, you know, it's it's NFL, it's playoff time. You know, wild card weekend. Uh, definitely start using the next few days to look at those matchups and break those down. Definitely want to talk about the uh, coach. I know we touched on it a little bit yesterday. Uh, if you didn't get a chance to tune in, but we talked about the firings and the job openings and what's going on. I want to give an update to see what's going on, if anything, new developments. And I really want to look at, you know, what are the best jobs and what are the worst ones out there? You know, it's all opinionated, but some of it's more facts than not. So we'll definitely touch get into that. Also, NBA, the National Basketball Association, continues to move and roll on. Um, the San Antonio Spurs last night uh, fell a close one to Memphis. It was close there for it was the Battle of the Joneses, the 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 Ty Jones, the Joneses brothers. You know uh, the Jonas brothers. They're terrible, by the way. I agree. Did I, you I, get did you get trolled with that a lot? You know, with the Jones because that was about the time they were going on. Like, what grade were you in? That was probably your time coming up in what high school, middle school? Yeah, I was in my senior year of high school. Um, when they came out and actually I had my first job that summer, uh, I was a lifeguard a and lifeguard. yeah, okay. and I had to wear a name tag and I worked the top of the slides at a, at a, uh, at a water park Okay, and all these parents would always tell their kids, Hey, stay with him. He's one of the Jonas brothers. Wow. I know that you probably just got yeah. tired of that. Oh yeah. I don't blame you. But anyway. Um, yeah, Tyus Jones, that was, I mean, they hung, it was competitive for a while, uh, you know, but they fall, they drop, and this is one of those home and home, like they got another game with Memphis, right, at Memphis. Correct, yeah, so they were at Memphis last night, they're going to be at Memphis tomorrow, uh, Ja did not play last night, Kelton Johnson did not play last night, so it'll be interesting, because now Memphis has the top seed in the West, uh, mm -hmm. after their win last night, so mm -hmm. if they want to try to create some space, does Ja... Um, who I think is dealing with a, a hip injury. Uh, hmm. Does he come out? And it was just kind of like a stinger. It was it was interesting to see him on the report. But if he plays, then does you know Pop feel inclined to play Keldon Johnson? Into? Well, you know, it's a lot of injuries going on right now in the NBA. Uh, you know, the big one. I didn't know that honestly about Ja because I you know I tuned into the. I didn't really know that's how much been out of the loop. I didn't even know that he was injured. I know KD went down and had an MRI. Now the reports I hear that he's supposed to be out maybe a month, maybe three weeks or so. And you know, Brooklyn's been hotter than fish grease for the most part. You know, what difference a year makes with that team when it's focused and it's really all about basketball. Um, it's not really a bunch of about a sideshow what Kyrie's doing or what Kyrie said and KD wants out. They're balling, you know, so this comes at a, you know, it's never a good time when you lose probably arguably the best player on the planet uh, for any amount of time. But if you're playing well and you've been able to run off, I mean, they had it up to like nine wins in a row at one time, nine or ten. I think, uh, but that's some tough news from them. You know, NBA-wise, too, a couple other things I've noticed, NBA, as we're getting ready <clears throat> to make that push to that all-star break, you know, here over the next few weeks and month. I just, you know, there's a couple things that have standing out to me. And number one, uh, Atlanta Hawks, you know, Atlanta Hawks. I mean, um, you know, they made noise in the offseason, of course, because, you know, the Spurs traded DeJounte Murray. You know, they were teaming up with, uh, you know, young Trey Young. and You know, they had talked about playing together with each other and all this kind of stuff. Let me just tell you, they, they're they underachieving so far. 
And and I understand things things take time. You know, we went through this with the whole LeBron and D Wade and Bosch and you know all this kind of stuff when you go. But you know that was really probably more of an overhaul than this. It's the same pretty much Atlanta team besides Dejounte added on. Um, and Nate McMillan, you know, I've been a critic of Nate McMillan, you know, over the years. I try not to, you know, it's black on black crime, but I basically have been critical of him because I think Nate is a guy that can get you competitive in 82 games. He can win some regular season games. He's, a, you know, whether you go back to Portland or his other, he's just has a reputation. He can't get you over the hump. He can't get you to the fight. He can't win the chip, but he can turn your program. He can win some games. Now, on top of this, you get the rift that's been going on behind the scenes. There's some tensions between Nate McMillan and their superstar trade. But when I look at their record, and, and I've, I checked it maybe a few days ago, when you're hovering around 500, in the East, because all I was told that this was supposed to be the best backcourt maybe in the league, let alone the East. It, it was supposed to be hands down the best backcourt in the East. They shouldn't be only hovering around a couple games around 500. They're underachieving. It's the Hawks, so that's the reason why it's not a big story because we've got everything else going. It's football time, you know, all that stuff. It, but I just wanted to point that out because you, that will start – when we get past the All-Star break, if they don't turn around going to run, I think you'll start hearing more of your experts to cover the NBA and your experts out there let you know this Hawks team is really underachieving. So I wanted to point that out. And I think I touched on it yesterday too, the Suns. I'm just going to stay on their ass. they just not – you know, Aiden is – and let me tell you, I, I don't want Aiden anywhere close to the 2-1-0. I know you got a theory. Really? Nah. Uh-uh. Because the truth of the matter is uh, there's two reasons for that. Number one, I've said this a few weeks now. If you Even when Monty Williams was playing ball as a player and then a coach, and this is even prior to him having a devastating uh, life-altering change, change event happen in his life when he lost his kids and his wife in an automobile accident. So I'm even saying prior to that, I've never heard anybody say anything bad about Monty Williams. I've never heard anybody say they can't get along with him, whether it's a former teammate, a player that he's coached. You know, he spent some time on this bench here in San Antonio with the Spurs and assistant. If you've got problems with him, I'm credit report. We go by that on the show and that, you know, his credit report is too good to side with him. The problem, that's red flags to me with Aiden. That's number one. Number two, he's soft in tissue paper, man. He really is. And, and this is the reason why the Suns are really struggling, besides the fact that they are, there's not a young, there's not a superstar under the age of 30 in the NBA that gets coddled more than Devin Booker. I remember when the Phoenix was trash, when they were getting like 10 wins, 12 wins, nothing wrong with them. They would shut down Devin Booker with about three weeks a month left in the season at the age of like 23, 22. Like it, it, they, they babied him. Now, I don't know what injury he has now. I mean, he's been dealing with this. He hasn't been. Now, that is part of their struggles. But I think the chemistry, when I look at this team, the chemistry and the body language, they're, they have trouble on defense. And every time they've played a top echelon playoff team, they have not looked good. You know, now they've got the Golden State Warriors tonight, which Golden State is tonight supposed to be the return when I'm hearing of Stephen Curry. You know, he missed a few weeks. He's kind of back sooner than I thought he'd be. This is a team that has kind of struggled uh, with and without him. Now they've got Golden State tonight, and Phoenix is like a 12-point underdog. So I don't know who's not playing from Phoenix. And keep in mind, this is the year, too, that they really – you've seen a lot more of load management with Chris Paul than you had the first couple of years of Phoenix. And I said that after they lost last year. I said, look – He's to the age where he can't give you, you know, all out 82 games, hell, even 70, 62 games and still have gas in the tank come postseason. What do you got? Well, why you have that line is because 
the Suns are going to be without uh, – this is from uh, the Sports Illustrated. Suns are going to be without Devin Booker, mm-hmm. out with that left groin strain. Of course, no Chris Paul, uh, no Cameron Payne, no Cameron Johnson, and no Jay Crowder, um, who hasn't been with the team for a while. So you're really leaning on Aiton, who is – you know, behind uh, Booker in, in terms of scoring for the season, you're really relying on him hmm. to get it done against the Warriors. Okay. Yeah, and I knew something had to be. That's a that's because Golden State's been struggling a little bit too. That's a big number for them uh, in the NBA. Um, also, what I've been noticing, we got a little baseball news, kind of redundant. A couple of things I want to touch on. Carlos Correa, I guess third time's a charm. His character, you know, he he was kind of came across my radar as being a little selfish and shady after his comments when Houston got eliminated a couple of years ago. And, you know, he was like, oh, they got my number. Houston got my number. Now, he was he the report I'm hearing, he's going back to the Minnesota Twins, right? They went ahead and done this deal. I don't know what the numbers are, but the question I have is evidently something with this physical went haywire with the Giants and then went haywire with the Mets. So are the twins just settling? I mean, what 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 is the details of what have you heard about this? And what are the are these numbers similar to what he was going to get with the Mets and the uh and the Giants? The Giants, yeah. Uh, no, and both of those teams took him off of their um, you know, or, or kind of backed out of the deal or put the deal on pause. Both teams did because of his injury history and his current injury status. So actually it's going to be a friendly deal for Minnesota that can turn into, I'm seeing reports up to $260 million with a nine year deal. But what uh, Jeff Passant is reco- is reporting, this agreement uh, includes a vesting option for four years and $70 million that will become official if Correa passes his medical review. And then there's going to be contingencies to add years and add money on top of that. But first off, and the first, the thing he hasn't been able to do with San Francisco, the thing he's going to do with, with New York was again, past that physical first. So hmm. this is, it's kind of, he's, he's just coming, having to come back to where he's at, but Minnesota, I think wins out because for the fact that now they can compete because we're willing to still give you a little more than other guys, but this really has to work for us. Well, I think they really got lucky by the draw because it's whatever's went around with their physical. And look, when you're a position like the Twins um, that are pretty much been down for a minute, can't really get over the hump, you know, beautiful ballpark and target field, all that, you you kind of have to eat a little cheese, as I say. You got to take a little. You can't be stern like the Giants. Hey, man, we ain't paying for that. Some of your, your physical ain't right. The Mets like, hold on now. You know, and the Mets been spending money. The Mets are all in, you know. I mean, if you did, they got the best roster in New York. I know, I know the Yankees won the big fish of the all season and judge they're keeping him in pinstripe. Mets got the best roster. Okay. The Yankees, they're in a weird situation. Cause I, I you know, again, you got judge Cashman survived. Boone didn't get like, I ain't heard no news. Boone. I know I've been on the whole other planet for the last couple months, but Boone ain't it's still there. I, that surprised me. It doesn't shock me that Cashman or surprise me Cashman survived, but it does surprise me Boone survived. But again, it's just the way that the roster's built. They just don't have enough pitching. They, it's just long ball or nothing for them. So you got baseball going on. College basketball continues to go on. University of Houston has found themselves back in the number one spot. I think they took over Purdue. Uh, you know, Samson down there, he's still doing his thing. You know, they had it early on in the season. They lost it. I haven't really got a chance to dive in and watch this year's University of H Houston's team, but I will start paying attention to them as we're getting into conference play and college basketball um, as well. Um, also, you know, switching gears, um, we got to talk, of course, the NFL, but I do, we have to start with last night. I really shouldn't start there. 
I mean, we could really just pass by that uh, national championship game last night where TCU just got skull drug. They just got skull drug last night, man. Um, you know, before I could even really get into the game, it, it was 17 to 7. Um, this is what I will say. Because if you've, I mean, for the new listeners in the new markets, you know, hey, I've been accused of being an SEC homer. You know, um, you know, I'm a big Nick Saban fan, big Alabama fan because of Nick, you know, even though I'll be having a Colorado hat on. This is coming up football season because that's Dion. You know, I was down with Dion way before I knew who St. Nick was. Well, my heart's still with Nick, but, you know, I can, in this day and time, we, oh, I got two teams. What? And, I'm all, and you can tell I'm least changing because I, I couldn't stand that. You got two teams in the same sport. You don't, you can't do that. That's against the rules. But I want to get into last night because what I do believe there's a couple things that, that are kind of like, I'm looking at like, okay, but I do want to get to that, whatever that was last night. That wasn't, and nothing to take away from TCU in the season they had, they had a hell of a season. They were picked to finish like in the middle of the pack in the big 12 and they made it to the championship game. So we'll talk about that. Then we'll move on to NFL. You listen to the sports grind. Today's show is being presented by Dosecki's get a dose. We're broadcasting here from the Hazel sky online studios, Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark producing. We'll be back. Are you ready for a real cocktail? Then crack open a great tasting Zing Zang ready to drink cocktail, like our Bloody Mary with vodka in a can. It's full strength with 9% alcohol and America's number one Bloody Mary mix. Or try our mango margarita crafted with silver tequila and real mango puree. Unlike those hard seltzers, each can is made with premium spirits and real ingredients, just like a bartender made it for you. Zing Zang, always bold, always ready. Go to zingzang.com to find where to buy. Please Zing Zang responsibly. Official sponsor of the Sports Cry. For more than a century, the Pendleton Roundup has defined what it means to be a cowboy. It also gave life to something equally renowned, Pendleton Whiskey, capturing that unique spirit in every bottle and honoring the enduring legacy of the American West. Pendleton Whiskey is made with the finest northern grains and cut with Mount Hood Glacier water, a whiskey that celebrates the cowboy in all of us. That's Pendleton Whiskey. That's true Western tradition. Pendleton is the official whiskey of the PBR Tour. Pendleton Distillers, Lawrenceburg, Indiana. Please drink responsibly. Pendleton Whiskey, official sponsor of the sports grind are you moving around the greater san antonio area choose the storage experts tiger moving and storage whether you're moving an office or the whole family tiger moving and storage offers container drop-off and delivery with efficient prompt and cost-effective service to learn more and to secure your portable storage container today go to choose tiger.com tiger moving and storage official sponsor of the sports grind When life sounds too much like this. It's time to consider more of this. Sometimes a little shift is all you need. A dose of perspective. Dos Equis Lager. Get a dose. Enjoy Dos Equis responsibly. Copyright 2021. Imported by Cervezas Mexicanas, White Plains, New York. Just because the sun is setting earlier doesn't mean the fun stops sooner. Now is the perfect time to get to Specs and stock up on after-summer savings with fresh new releases in every category. Specs has Texas' largest selection of lower-priced wines, craft cocktail ingredients, and beers that'll have you raising a glass to every sunset. 
The biggest savings of the season are at Specs. The fun starts here. All right, back here on the Sports Grind, Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark producing and spinning the one and twos. Today's show is being presented by Dos Equis. Get a dose. And we are broadcasting here from the Hazel Sky Online Studios. And this next segment is going to be sponsored by Specs. If you're looking to check on the latest products coming in, any new seasonal products, or you just want to order for same-day delivery, make sure you go to specsonline.com because the fun starts here. That is Specs, official sponsor of the Sports Grind and an official partner of your Dallas Cowboys, which we'll get to them, by the way, too. Jerry didn't spoke today, which I have a hard – it's kind of mixed signals a little to me, but we'll get into that here shortly. But back to the um, national championship game. Look, um, I anticipated TCU. I, you know, I hadn't been high on TCU all year. You know, uh, I like the way they played against Michigan, but it was a nice story, you know, with Coach Dykes. Uh, but, I, you know, I did expect them to compete and be able to hang. I didn't think they were going to beat Georgia, but I, did, I didn't see 65 or whatever the hell it was uh, getting dropped on them as well. This is my opinion, because um, a lot of people will sit there and say, well, that proves they weren't even supposed to be there. Maybe. Um, but at the same time, what was going to be the other alternative? OK, you know, of course, Alabama was down. I, I didn't really feel that, you know, that they were probably because uh, you got to understand Alabama's competing against a standard of their own. So even to the Alabama standards, I never really looked at them as really a true playoff team, but they're so good and well coached that it wouldn't surprise me if they've got in. Um, but when the people that say that, I'm like, those are the same people that would have been bitching and complaining if it was a situation where it would have been Alabama, Michigan, because I think Alabama would have beat Michigan as well. And then we would have had a repeat in the last couple of years, part three of Georgia and Alabama. So um, what I would tell those people, I believe after next year, when we expand to a 12-team playoff, it's going to take care of that, what we saw last night. I think so. And why I say that is because, yeah, you can still have a 12-team playoff and you might be getting in a national championship game where a team just doesn't have it um, and end up being a blowout. There's been blowout championship games before, even though that was, I think that's the worst blowout in the national championship game. I think they did make a record for that. I saw a list. It's up there. Yes, even with a 12-team playoff, you will still have maybe a lot-sided game or maybe a team doesn't have it and they would lose by you know three touchdowns or whatever. But what I believe the 12 team playoff will do, it will, you have a, you have a bracket of 12. What I believe it will do, it will, it will find out, it will separate the contenders to the pretenders. So by the time you get to the finals in a 12 team playoff, I believe you will have both teams that are pretty much even par, not maybe not even par, but close in talent. Look, what you saw last night is just a grade of talent difference. That's really what it was. And I've been banging on the Big 12 for years. Um, you know, in Texas, you know, we like to sometimes toot our own horn forever, you know, um, about, hey, this is Texas. This is football. Anybody mess with? Okay, I get it. The Big 12 is more associated with Texas. But what you saw last night was just guys that are going to be 
a majority of guys that are going to be shaking Goodell's hand someday and playing on Sundays versus majority of guys that are basically going to be punching in somewhere nine to five or selling insurance or going to basically work as a doctor, an accountant. That's what you saw last night. You saw pros versus a, a good baby. I told you yesterday, I do believe those three receivers TCU got, they didn't really make an impact last night. You know, but I do believe those are Sunday guys. They're going to get drafted. But overall, when you have a beat down like that, it's just a talent disparity. That's just what it is. You know, um, on the Georgia side of winning things. Look, Kirby. Kirby's doing a good job showing Georgia the secret sauce. That he learned in Tuscaloosa. He's got the answers to the test. And it's always odd to me when I see Nick the year they, they don't make it when I see him have to be on the analyst on ESPN. And knowing, and, and, and I could just tell, I've followed this guy long enough. I could tell when he's looking at Herb Street and he's looking at, you know, whether it's Desmond Howard, you know, he's looking at them and you could tell like takes they have about certain things that he's just like, and, and, and if you were flying his head, you'd be like, you don't know, they ain't talking about, okay, yeah. But it was funny last night when they went in halftime and Nick's like, hey, I can tell you what Kirby's saying right now. Hey, this is zero, zero. You know, we won't come out. He's like, because he's heard it from me. So I'm exactly. We raised him good in Tuscaloosa. He's got the answers to the test. And I do believe Georgia. Now, this is what I will say. They're the first back-to-back -back champs, I think, since 2012, since Alabama did it around that. They've got two titles now. But I will tell you, so does Davo and Clemson. And look how they, they are. Because, you know, everybody thought Clemson was, you know, after Deshaun Watson passed through there, Sunshine, a.k.a. Trevor Lawrence. Oh, man, Davo, we're about to look at him. I'm two years. I ain't got to Dave. I know our, our, our listener, Dante, wanted to talk about Dave. I said, oh, he'll be on the docket. Hey, man, that's – and let me tell you something. That loss that he took well, – who do they lose in the bowl game to? I even forgot who they took the L in the bowl game. The, the money that he's making and where Clemson at, that's very unacceptable. You know, but I just feel that, you know, Kirby, he's built something that's probably going to have some staying power. Um, it is going to be interesting in a couple years when – the two, you know, the 12 team expansion goes, um, you know, I know S and let me tell you, Georgia's got a favorable schedule a little bit next year too, because the truth of it is they got some little sisters of the poor coming in early. And that's one thing I can't wait till we get to 12 team playoff. Cause that's going to eliminate all this. I think next year is going to be the last time that you've got to get lopsided matchups, you know, Chattanooga versus Alabama, LSU. Look, look, I'm always been not down with that. It's a waste of first two, three weeks. But Georgia's got some cupcakes on their schedule next year before they get in the SEC play. So I feel they'll be back in the playoffs again. Now, Alabama's, at last time I checked, they're going in right now. They're getting pushed a little bit, but they've got the number one recruiting class coming out this one. And if it falls, it might fall to two by the time we get to real signing day and all that. But um, props to Georgia, man. Props to them. You know, they had the heart broken a couple years ago, um, you know, by Tua. And, you know, they were able to go ahead and persevere and go. The other thing with social media, man, and, the, you know, it's funny how things go. The court, George's quarterback, Stetton, um, Stetson Bennett. St yeah, Bennett. Why is like people didn't know that he was older going into the like nobody talked about his age until they dropped 65 and beat TCU. Now, I don't know if that's a bunch of Texas hate, but everybody's trolling about his age. Like, oh, you know, he's the same, uh, same age as Lamar Jackson which we'll get to tomorrow here in a minute too. And then, you know, I see memes. I'm with great. Like, come on, man. The guy basically waited his turn. A lot of people thought they'd never win with him. For one, I mean, if there was any definition of a game manager just a year, a couple of years ago, it was him. 
I mean, I think as you get older, especially at that position in college, you get understand the game and it slows down to you and you have good weapons around you. You're going to look better than what you probably are. It's the same thing I feel like about Brock Purdy. Okay. Only 43 minutes in, I was able to bring up the 49ers. But that same situation with Brock Purdy, like it ain't really about Brock. I mean, he's doing a good job. He's, he's running the point. It's around what's around him and who's calling the plays. But, yeah, I just thought that was odd to where, like, I've never heard anybody trolling this guy about his age until now. But props to Georgia. I haven't even looked yet, but I'm pretty sure out in the desert they are the betting favorite probably next year to probably win it. Um, again, early on odds, that's what I would tell you, probably, most likely. Uh, but I think when we get to the 12-team playoff, we'll go ahead and we'll we'll pretty much go ahead and do away with having to witness what we witnessed last night. Now, my opinion, my question I had for you and, and everybody is that, is it fair or not? Because I already know the answer to this, but because it's going to happen. But is it fair or unfair that Mad Max stock is going to took a little hit last night? Because, you know, remember yesterday I was saying, hey, he could walk away this game we call Mad Max. I mean, he stayed all four years. You know, uh, he had a heck of a year. I think he's very smart. Um, he has some athleticism. He can move around, kind of big, stocky kid. But I believe his stock probably took a hit last night. And I don't know if that's fair, but the reality of it is it is. Because most GMs that I've listened to talk and the way NFL goes and people that I've talked to, you have to go ahead. And what scouts look for is how you played in your rival games and how you played against echelon competition. And let me tell you, last night I'm in SoFi, I would say at the minimum, you had probably about 60 to 80 NFL scouts at that game. Minimum. So I believe that his stock, when we come into this draft, I believe Max's stock is taking a little bit of a hit. Now, things change once you get into the combine and you do all that. And the reason why I think it's taking a hit, because that's a pro-style defense that he ran up against. Those are There are some first-rounders and second-rounders on that D-line and in that secondary. And, and really, what I looked at last night, and it got away, I said, you know what this reminds me of? Because I guarantee you, if they had to play four out of seven games, Georgia wouldn't beat them down like that. They'd probably win three out of four, be a gentleman sweep, but they wouldn't beat them down. You know, last night reminds me of I, I had to think about this. I was thinking about other sporting things, the way I think that game developed and the stage and what was on the line. That reminds me of Canelo and Mayweather's fight, where Canelo basically had never been on that stage before. Mayweather had fought a lot of big prize fights, a lot of big multi-million buy pay-per-view fights and all that from Oscar De La Hoya. That was Canelo's first stage when he fought him years ago, and it showed. I remember I've said this forever. That fight deal that, you know, Mayweather signed that Showtime, that record one, that was pretty much the most dominant that he looked in any fight with Canelo. And I promise you, if he would have went back two or three years after that fight and he would have fought Canelo three or four, and I've always said, I think Mayweather's one of the goats. You know, he's one of those guys who you love and you hate him. He wouldn't have dominated Canelo like that. Three or five. Canelo came in because the stage and that matters in sports. When you're talking about millions of people watching the hype, if you ain't been there before, it's easy to get the wobbly boot. Okay. And that's what I think really contributed taking nothing from Georgia. But I think when you talk about a 65 point, a 65 piece, okay, that right there in the way that started and the score at halftime, it was just the stage was too big for him. 
It really was. I mean, they've handled it great up until then. And, and I think, uh, who was that last night? I don't know if it was Herb Street or somebody made a good point to say, you know, really this beat down. And I think it was Desmond Howard. He said, you know, this beat down is really Ohio State's fault. Because Ohio State came in and they, and I think the talent was obviously better at Ohio State than it is TCU. But, you know, Georgia kind of got slow going. The fact that Ohio State pushed them and almost had that game one, I think when you got another week or two to prepare, their antennas was up and that was all she wrote. They came out clicking on four cylinders and I think TCU had deer in the head like looks for the most of the night. But that puts a wrap on this college 2022 season. Um, the next thing, uh, you know, job at hand is to see what recruits and where's going, who's going, who. Now, before we leave the college scene, I know we talked about it before we broke as well, too, because you brought it to my attention. But it looks like Texas A&M made it official and got their offensive coordinator that they were going to hire. Oh, Bobby P. Yep. This this is, a, you know, look. And, and I know I've got a lot of Aggies that listen to the show and everything, man. I'm pretty sure there's some Aggies, Aggies out in El Paso, you know, stuff, La Cruz, New Mexico and things. That's embarrassing. I mean, if I'm Jimbo, like, they paid you a lot of money to come here. Jimbo is not a defensive coach. He's a slash, quote-unquote, that old cliche quarterback whisper. He's that coach. He's an offensive-minded guy. He's called the plays where he's gone. To me, you pay a coach that much money. And, and let me tell you, I don't believe, in my opinion, don't have any inside sources, don't have any information on this, but in my opinion, I feel that, you know, that was not really his decision. Now, there could be things about this. I know you said that, hey, man, if, if things don't go right, maybe that's their replacement. Hell, I still don't think Bobby P has done anything really to deserve even the Texas A&M job. You know, I don't put the University of Texas job at the same. I don't put Texas A&M on the same level as University of Texas job. I mean, that's one of the best jobs, opportunities in the country, pro or college. But Texas A&M is still an SEC job. And even if that's the direction they're going, I, I'm not down with that. But the point I wanted to make is that's pretty embarrassing. And, and you know, next year, they've got to deal with this next year. Because now the, the presidents and the school, the, you know, the head presidents, ADs, has made this decision to go get Bobby P and bring him in. You created something to where automatically we knew and we know about the big buyout and everything like that. But automatically you have created a hot, warm seat that was already going to be there from the outside. But now you created an inside and they've got to deal with it. Jimbo's got to deal with it. So this class that he's had the last couple of years, this top class, the one that Nick said was all bought. The one that got Jimbo all flustered, turning red. Oh, some people need to be more narcissists. Some people need to tell you, oh, oh yeah, well, <laughs> I had a season workout for you now. Okay. That's just a bad, that's a bad thing. That's a bad thing. So that's the only other college point. I mean, now the next time we talk college, probably be recruiting on signing day and what's going on in regards to there. What do you got? Well, just looking uh, at, because we're always quick to jump to the next moment um, with a bow on the 2022 season, uh, Georgia is the favorite to go and win it all again next year. Plus 300. Ohio State behind them at 600 and Alabama at plus 700. And Caleb Williams, you know, we talked about his draft stock. He is the favorite to, to win back-to-back -back Heisman's next year at plus 700. So if you're already looking looking ahead, right, speeding in the moment, because we can't let anything last for more than a day or two, right? there you are. Okay. Well, we'll, we'll see how it shakes out. It, it'll be your normal and same old you know, culprits, you know, there, it, it'll really start expanding though. And after next year, and this has a lot to do while well, I believe they hurry up and bumped up the 12 
team expansion. You know, because I remember when we went to the four playoff team, I think we had that was announced. And I think we had to wait for three years or four for that to kick in. That was announced there. I could be wrong, but that's kind of what I remember. Also, moving on, National Football League. Let's talk a little bit about the pros as we get ready to be set for wild card weekend uh, this weekend. Of course, we can start with uh, the Dallas Cowboys. I know this is the week, I guess, this is the daily weekend check-in from Jerry up in Dallas. He has his own show that he checks and has been doing it for years. And um, he was asked about this coming up job, or not job, but this coming up game against Tampa. Is Mike McCarthy's job on the line if they lose this? And not really quoting him verbatim, but in general, Jerry was like, hey, no. There's a lot of other things to value that I need time to evaluate Mike McCarthy on. It's not just about this playoff wildcard game. Paraphrase him, not verbatim what he said, but that gives you the gist of what it was about. It kind of mixed signals to me because he, you know, first of all, you're not going to put that much pressure on Jerry wants to win. I've always said that, you know, Dallas fans are divide. People want, oh, we're not winning anything to Jerry dies over. We're not winning anything. Jerry. First of all, Jerry wants to win, but he just wants to do it his way. And he believes I'm going to build it this way. And as I've gotten older, I've kind of basically accepted that. Say, hey, man, that's Jerry. He signs the checks. But at the same time, he's not going to sit there, even if he knows, like, man, we lose this old ass Tom Brady. And they barely backed in the, you know, the playoffs. And I look at that payroll. Mike's gone. He ain't going to say that. He ain't going to tell anybody that. Hell, he probably wouldn't even tell Stephen Jones that. So the way he answered it, it wasn't really, a, in my opinion, it wasn't an 110% vote of confidence that Mike McCarthy's untouchable. And I don't, and one thing I do think Jerry's telling the truth if it is, if they decide to make a change, and I've told you I yesterday, I, there was years I can remember, three or four years, everybody, this is it. Garrett's gone. Garrett's gone. Garrett's gone. And Jerry's one of those people, let alone being a multi-billionaire. Jerry's one of those people that he will, if he, if he thinks that you're telling him what to do, or this is what America thinks you do, he ain't doing it. He's not doing it. The guy down here on East Houston Street is a little bit like that, too the most winning coach of all time and coach Popovich. Okay. Which I've been catching some of them promos of the 50th anniversary, by the way, like when you catch the local feed and you watch the Spurs and they, it's very interesting. They have some old clips and stuff like the, you know, to show you the 50 years or whatever. So that props to them down there at sport for putting that together. Cause it is kind of interesting. You see, you forget some of that stuff, you know, can't get sponsorship for the arena, but I guess it, it, if anything, they could put a good marketing plan together when you watch the local feed with Bill and Sean. Um, yeah, but I, you know, it's mixed signals. My point is, I think Jerry's sending mixed signals. I want to talk about that when we get back. Also, Lamar Jackson. I'm going to tell you what I think Lamar should do when we get back. You listen to the sports grind. Today's show is being presented by Dos Equis. Get a dose. We are broadcasting here from the Hazel Sky online studios. Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark producing and spinning the one and twos. We'll be back. 